tuned in to the Catholic Avengers with Jeff Kassab and Pilaris Haki, brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Reevangelization Center. Welcome to another episode of the Genesis 4-9 Men's Podcast. My name is Pilaris Haki. Oh, the Catholic Avengers Podcast. My name is Pilaris Haki. I'm here with one of the worst human beings in the history of the world, Jeff Kassab. How are you, Jeff? Uh, I'm doing great, thank you. You're not. Thanks for that uh, wonderful introduction, Paul. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's been a while since I've seen you. Uh, yeah, it has. What, maybe less than 24 it's hours? It's been like 16 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm dying great. inside. I'm dying that's inside. <laughs> How's everything been, man? Everything's great. You I, know? Le- I learned a new topic. I learned something new today because yeah. you said it to me at show prep. <laughs> what did you learn? <laughs> that Iron Man. Okay, so we talk about our, our identities, identities. Right, our, our Avenger identities. Those who haven't listened to the podcast before, Jeff and I have Avenger identities, of which I know nothing about. But either way, I'm Iron Man. You're the Hulk. Yes. And I learned today that the Iron Man has a giant suit that allows him to be as strong as the Hulk? This is true? No. So listen. No, okay, I screwed this so, up. Yeah, so when Tony's suit, when it's fully powered, right, Tony Stark can lift a 100 tons. And he invented the suit? Yeah, well, you know him and him and, uh, and Jarvis. Him and Jarvis. Uh, that's me too. Yeah, him and yeah, Jarvis. Yeah. You're all the three. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's pretty impressive, right? So what he did is sometimes Hulk gets out of control. Yeah, right, and just he like real life. Yeah, and he can't. The hundred ton is not enough. So Tony Stark invents, invents this uh, n- another. It's called the Hulkbuster armor, <laughs> right? And it can lift one hundred and seventy-five tons. So, so the Hulk at full rage is is, is a hundred ton lift guy. Yeah, yeah. So he had to invent something that was a little bit more that can handle him. So it was one hundred and seventy-five tons. So that when the Hulk rages. Yeah. Tony can take him down. Tony can take him down. And so I didn't know this. I had to ask you. So I assumed, based on this factoid you sent me this morning, that the Hulk and Tony got a beef. But apparently they don't have a beef. They really don't have a beef. But sometimes the Hulk gets out of control. This is just like real or life. Or he might be put under a spell. <laughs> or somebody might have something on him and his rage just out of control. And nobody can stop him. He's, so ba- he's bad for the Avengers when he does that. He's very bad for the Avengers, yeah. He destroys things without even knowing. And, and this, So Tony, Tony Stark's, you know, got this suit. It's actually awesome. It's so appropriate for my life with you. Yeah. I'm always walking around controlling you when you're doing crazy things and you're out of control. Someone puts you under a spell. It's a disaster. 175 ton suit. That's what I had to do to keep you under control. So anyway, I hung out at your house last night. Yeah. So I just want to mention. Disasters, listen, I just want to mention one more thing. Okay, please. That the Hulk. Oh God. Can punch through reality. <laughs> That's a never, fact. That never gets old. It's a fact. The, the, can, the Hulk can punch through reality. <laughs> now, what exactly? No that one means? knows. No one knows. Nobody what that knows. Means. Yeah. It's a mystery. It's not in the catechism yeah, either. Right? I looked it up. <laughs> so we got together last night, huh, Pilar? Yeah, yeah. I showed up. At, I showed up at Jeff's house for our listeners here. Now, Jeff, you 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 enjoy a firearm. You are a Second Amendment card carrying member. Hundred percent. You love you love yourself a firearm. Look, I just it's bought God given right. I just I just bought my first firearm a few yeah. weeks ago. I, I'm I'm new to the firearm game. I yeah. showed up to Jeff's house. A couple of lots of friends, six seven of us. Yeah, guys. there was eight of us. Just getting yeah. together, you know, just fellowship, fellowship, men, fellowship. men making each other stronger. Cigars, iron sharpened iron. Hookah, some bourbon, food. Really nice great. night. Mostly, you know, your wife is beautiful and very nice and kind to me, unlike you. That was great. But I showed up, and uh, Jeff, you know, you got a 9mm finally. Finally, You yeah. weren't a 9mm guy. You got no, a, I was not. And I, that's another show. But that's I'm not going to go down that route. But the point is, you wanted to show everybody, hey, I got a 9mm. Yeah. So Jeff showed the 9mm. Okay, great. I'm at a place, seven guys, small room. We got a gun. Well, Jeff then bought another gun out. You had to show us the old gun. Yeah. 
In which case, everybody in the room started pulling out their guns. <laughs> and quickly I realized I was in a Scarface movie. <laughs> I was I was looking around the room for a giant pile of cocaine. I didn't know what was happening to me. Before I knew it, there were seven guns out. I was highly uncomfortable. But, you know, men of faith were strong. You know, we got to protect I ourselves, to, I, I guess. You know, my uh, half goes to me, Jeff, you lock the front door. I go, listen, if anybody wants to break into this house today, it's the biggest mistake of his life. Let me just tell you that right now. Leave all the doors open. It's not you know? smart move on that not person's part. Another thing that I learned yesterday, on top of all my friends are love their guns, I need to pick up speed on this, is that you cannot put a hot hookah charcoal <laughs> in a glass ashtray. Is that a bad idea? Well, at the time, it wasn't a bad idea, but after my son Alex said, Dad, there's six hot charcoals in that ashtray. Don't it, throw it, Alex under the bus. He tried to yeah. warn you. I'm, no, no, I'm not. I mean, you know, Alex, I thank him for it, but you know, he could have told me not to pick it up he tried. and walk across the room. He tried. So I, I was there. I picked it up. I walked across the room. All of a sudden, the ashtray bursts. The hot charcoal falls. Some on the hardwood floor. Thank God the hardwood floor nothing happened to it, but a couple pieces carpet. on the carpet. The carpet. It's a new carpet. Listen, you know. there's a lot of men listening. It's a rug. It's there, a rug. So it can be changed. There's a lot of men listening to this podcast yeah. that can relate. To a hookah burn on a rug, oh bro. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and actually, I learned something. I learned. I, I, I saw something yesterday that I really rarely see. Oh no. Yeah. So, as much as we hang out and we're at each other's house, I know what you're gonna say, right? I I I know um I know Iron Man and Jarvis very well, <laughs> like very well. But last night I seen Tony Stark. I never see him. Now what made me Tony Stark last Tony, night? Tony Tony Stark. You were sitting back on the couch. I never seen you so relaxed. I was enjoying it. You got it. a cigar in one hand. Did. You got a bourbon in the other hand. It's nice. I just looked at you. I'm like, man, that's Tony right there. Then, then this guy Tony. First time I ever seen him. Grab the hookah. <laughs> Whoa, man. Tell you, I don't know. What a roll. I don't know, man. I, I got to get to know Tony more. Listen, you talked about me being very, me be very, be very comfortable. Uh, aside from you being there, I was very relaxed. You you really do have a way of destroying my mood. I like this podcast. Listen, it's, it's, all you got, it's very simple. We got told today, uh, speaking last topic before we jump into what we're actually talking about, but we got told today that we have a good radio voice. I gotta say, you have a terrible voice. I don't know why anyone would think that. I mean, everybody listening to this podcast understands that you sound like you're gargling what are you, rocks. What are you gargling rocks? You, listen, I got I know, listen, Kassab. Don't you know be, that's don't what you sound upset. like. Don't be upset because I got a man's voice and you got a you, squeaky mouse you, voice. I, okay, you're I ma- have. You sound like a mouse. I'm a little nasal. You, know you know, you ever heard of a mouse get caught in a trap? <laughs> wee, 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 wee. Na- that's exactly what your I voice is. I have sinus like. problems, okay? You, For 365 days a year? Listen, bro. You for sound- two years? <laughs> <laughs> How long do you have sinus problems for, man? I, you know, I don't have the greatest sinus passages, okay? I had issues, oh but I'm just gosh, saying, you don't. Man. people who say you've got a nice voice for radio uh, I got are just a, saying that I got a manly ugly. voice. That's all I can say. <laughs> Everybody, the listeners can take it at that. I'm not saying anything about chewing gravel voice. every day. Just come to the table with a normal voice. We'd be this fine. is my normal voice, All right, what's bro? our topic today? Yeah. Since you're so, I don't want you hulking out. I got to put my 175-ton suit on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's not something you carry around. Oh, wait, so, how does he pull it off? Well, he he kind of it's it's the, the way he does it is that now all his suits he just calls them and they they come flying out of the air and they attach to him. I really got to watch these movies. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you're Iron Man. Just, you haven't watched any of the movies. I was man. given Iron Man. I didn't I didn't pick Iron Man. 
You guys picked Iron Man. No, actually, Jarvis. Actually, no. <laughs> you were Jarvis all along, and it, it just kind of flourished out, you know. But you do have to watch the movies. I'll watch it. Grab Ben, you and Ben, and my, watch the movies. My, my son Benjamin, he's probably he's he would love those movies. He would. He's he into, the, he's into that stuff. Never. No. Yeah. No. We watch EWTN in my house. Nothing else. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna have him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call. I call him for his birthday. I'm gonna call him next week and tell him. I'm gonna pick him up and bring him to my house. You know, it was funny because your son Alex was with us last night, and this yeah. was actually really interesting because you you started telling Alex he wasn't allowed to hang us out with us anymore because we were a bad influence on him. <laughs> <laughs> but we're your friends. What does that say about you? <laughs> well, listen, honestly, I'm not gonna mention any names. It was just one specific guy that was a bad influence. Does it rhyme with balone? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was oh, doesn't rhyme with balloon. No, person. no, it's, it's kind of yeah. a start with It's a kind of a, the first letter of the alphabet that the it's not used that much. So we'll just leave we'll just it leave like it that. at that. We'll just leave it at that. All right, you know who you are. Oh my god! So today we're talking about morals, morality, moral culture. Yeah, we're talking about actually some discernment and mm. moral conscience. You mm. know, how does that affect our lives, and especially in this um, in this world, crazy world we're living in. A lot of people don't know what discernment is, and I and lately, what I've been seeing on social media, I don't think people know what moral conscience is anymore. Uh, moral conduct around yeah. these parts these days is tough. Well, so okay, so are you going to get into discernment for the lay yeah. listener, like the, the, you know, just asking for a friend for sure? sure. Yeah, Definitely yeah, asking yeah, for a friend for sure. Yeah, we're going to get into that. So let's do um as as usual. We're going to do our our quote that we do on our every manly, podcast. Our quote from a man of church. Uh, oh my gosh! And for honestly, it's just the way the Holy Spirit is directing me. Every time I pull up, try to pull up a great quote. It's going to Archbishop Fulton Sheen. I, I, maybe we should just call this the Archbishop Fulton this Sheen section of the podcast. Amazing. I mean, way ahead of his time. Yeah. Predictive things that, you know, 50, 60 years ago that we never thought would happen and they are happening. Maybe we could really use him culture. right now, couldn't oh, we? Oh my gosh, he would be great. Do we have a Fulton Sheen right now? Do we have a Fulton Sheen? I mean, Bishop Francis, shout out. Right, we'll give it to you. Yeah. But do yeah. we have a real Fulton Sheen? Somebody, somebody that's. We have a couple. Do we? We have a couple. I mean, JP. Bishop Strickland. Is amazing well, right now. We we have a few that are, that are, right. that are great. Well, yeah. Put links. We have to put links to the bottom of this. I, nobody knows who these people are. Yeah, yeah. So the quote from Fulton J. Sheen. This is from his book called "The Life of Christ." Very few people believe in the devil these days, which suits the devil very well. He is always helping to circulate the news of his own death. The essence of God is existence, and he defines himself as "I am." Who, who am. The essence of the devil is the lie, and he defines himself as, I am who am not. Satan has very little trouble with those who do not believe in him because they are already on his side. Wow. You know who else said this? Kaiser Sose. No? Nothing? No, usual suspects? Anyway, never yeah. seen. Wow. It. Okay. Well, a lot. Most everybody else listening to the podcast. Has what's heard it? This. What's it called? Kaiser Sose. It's the movie, The Usual Suspects. It's got Kevin Spacey in it. Check it out. Anyway, he says in that movie, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. It's yeah, the truth. It's true. And you see, a Fulton Sheen says Fulton it right Sheen here. Says this sixty years ago. Satan yeah. is very little trouble with those who do not believe in him. Yeah. You know, I will be honest with you, and this is something you and I talk about a lot. Is kind of the spiritual warfare and the devil and the and the role he's playing in our world, and when I saw the world through a lens of spiritual warfare, when I realized a lot of these things that are happening, a lot of these thoughts that I'm having, a lot of these things that are popping up in front of me, 
aren't just coincidence. They are a pull or a tug, you know, uh, for me to go into a direction that is not of God. And, and you know, we, we grew up as kids watching those cartoons with the angel on one shoulder mm-hmm. and the devil on the other shoulder. Yeah. You know, there's truth to that. In my opinion, and one of the things you and, I, you and I talked to, I know you disagree with me a little bit on this, is we got you're, you're always a little bit more careful to say, look, not everything can be of the devil. Yeah. You can't blame every sin on the devil. Well, again, we're going to talk into we're going to talk about ahead. moral conscience. Yeah. Right. And and we, God gave us free will, and we have to distinguish between good and evil. Is the devil always out there trying to tempt us? He is, but we also have that. That law that's written on our hearts from God hmm. that tells us, hey, you know, listen, this is wrong and this is right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the devil, God will allow the devil to tempt us to a certain point. But when you get to that certain point, we have our own free choice and free will to say, I'm either going to do this or I'm not. The devil can't make you do it. Yeah. Event, at the end of the day, the, you, when you made that decision to do whatever is evil, the choice was yours. You made that choice. Can the devil influence you? Or can the devil tempt you? Know, tempt you? <clears throat> yes. But he can't make you do it. You know, this was a topic that we brought up last night. I know we joked up earlier, you know, it's about a bunch of guns and hookahs and everything. But we talked about yeah. temptation and the devil's role in society. And as men, I think those are great conversations and important conversations to have. Because we, who else, if we're not talking to men, other men about it, yeah. hard thing to talk about with your wife, your yeah. children, your parents. Yeah. I mean, we got to find men in our society who we can trust to talk about these kinds yeah. of things. And not just with our, with our, with, not just with other men, Pilar, but as my son is 29, yeah. you know, and, and you saw he was in the discussion yesterday so with us. So much and, cooler than you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like literally, if I, I wish I met him first and you were just his angry dad, you know, you know, and I feel like he'd man. be a better podcaster. His voice is better. He's less green. <laughs> well, he's less green because he's not fully developed yet. Just let him get to my. Is he age gonna Hulk out too? Green. Is he gonna be like dark green like you? He actually, he actually does Hulk out really? for a guy, little guy his size. Wow, he hulks out. You man. just call him little guy. Yeah, he's a little. Does guy. he know you call him that? Yeah, that's not know, nice. I, I, I throw him around, but what? he'll tell you one. I'm surprised he didn't tell you last night that one day we were fighting, we we're kind of wrestling. Yeah, he did put me through the wall. So is he like 50 ton Hulk and you're 100 ton Hulk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. That's good. I can't wait to see him grow up. Uh, so you know, like I said, we we're talking. You know, it's important to have fellowship with men, but it's so important as men, as fathers, mm. to have fellowship with our with our kids. It's true, Pilar, You know, no. Um, especially with the boys, mm-hmm. you know, and it's important with the girls for them to see their fathers as, as really men of God. And and hopefully, you know, this is the kind of man that they'll want to have. I mean, not your girls. I hope they have a different man than <laughs> you. Are. I'm just saying, like, in general, most, well, you know, well most played, girls, sir. you know. <laughs> What is what is discernment? Paul? Please what help is, me as a, as, moral, a, as a dumb layperson. What help is me our out. moral conscience? What is discernment? So you know, um, mainly discernment is is something that it's it's by which someone can grow in a relationship with God. Is it prayer? Discernment? Yes, it's okay. Pra- so it's prayer is part of it. Um, discernment and prayer. Everything we do in life, whether it's uh, um, the house we buy. The job we want to get, the girl we want to marry, uh, how many kids we want to have, it all should require prayer and discernment. Mm. After prayer and discernment, then the spirit speaks to you through the heart. You're able to make the decision. Gotcha. Hopefully it's the right decision if you're really, truly listening to God. But, you know, and I know you're a big advocate of this, and I'm so am I. Everything we do, Mm. take it to prayer. Yeah. You know, you can't just make a decision and someone tell you something, yeah, I'm going to do it. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to do it. 
you know, what topic should we talk about? I don't know. Let's let's pray about pray it, about you know, and uh, we come up with a topic and, and we do. But, you know, in, in the catechism, it says, um, <clears throat> like, moral excellence is an essential by no means a final step to attaining the life of holiness, a communion with God. Communion with God. Dis- discernment is. Close. It's communion with God. Yeah, and in talking about the devil and this, you know, moral, the concept of morality, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is it, you know, you're growing in that relationship with God, that communion with God. That speaks so true to me yeah. because I find when I'm in a state of mortal sin or I'm in a place where I haven't been, you know, close to God, I haven't been going to adoration, I haven't been going to daily mass. I find that it's harder for me to find peace in those prayers, to really get that. And when you really think about what sin is, it's a distancing of you and God. Yeah. So it's hard to be in communion with God. It's impossible to be in communion with God when you're in mortal sin. Yeah. And it's hard when you're distant. So if you really are going to ask that guidance, what I have found in my life, I have to be close to God. I have to be... I have to you know, going to confession. I have to be going to mass. I have to be adoring the Eucharist, receiving the Eucharist. That really gets me close to God, and then I feel like I I hear that direction more, that yeah. peace in my heart when I ask. I think yeah. that's, that's a, a crucial point you make. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, <clears throat> talk about our discernment, moral conscience. You know, these days it almost seems like what's going on in the media yeah. today, oh. what's on social media. It's like people don't have a moral conscience anymore. Like, like God gave us what's good and what's evil. The Catechism says in Paragraph 1777, moral conscience, it's the it's present at, at the heart of the person, right? It enjoins him at the appropriate moment to do good and to avoid evil. It also judges particular choices, approving those that are good and denouncing those that are evil. It bears witness to the authority of truth in reference to the supreme good to which the human person is drawn. It welcomes the commandments. When he listens to his conscience, the prudent man can hear God speaking. Mm. Listen, everything going on now, especially with this whole election thing coming up yeah. and all this, and people are like, well, you know what? I, 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 I'm i not voting for this candidate. I'm voting for this candidate. I don't believe in this issue. I don't believe in that issue. Listen, when it comes down to morality, you can't go based on feelings. No. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be, whether it's, whether it's abortion, whether it's euthanasia, whether it's whatever it is, mm. it's wrong. Yeah. You don't need someone to tell you it's wrong. It's your moral conscience, right? Yeah. But sometimes if you don't, everybody's been calling me lately and asking me, Jeff, I'm, I'm, I'm voting for this party. What do you think? I don't tell anybody anything. I literally tell them what I just told you. Pray, discern, and do what your heart tells you. Mm. The rest is between you and God. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you. I can tell you what 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 candidate has good and bad about him. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. Yeah, it's between you and God. Yeah, but you have to pray and discern. Very well, very important. And Blar. you brought up both those topics of euthanasia and abortion. Those are those are topics of life, sure. right? And as Catholics, we have to be unapologetically pro-life. There just is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you got to do your research, obviously, see which candidates those are. But from a true Catholic perspective, you know, there's all the other topics. There's immigration, there's social justice, there's all these other policies. Um, Honestly, if it wasn't for that that, that dichotomy of the abortion issue, the uh, the pro-life issue, uh, I think that there would be a lot less, you know, there'd be more murkiness in, sure. in terms of like where, where, where as a Catholic should I discern and go? But, you know, none of those things matter 
at the end of the day, if a child doesn't have a chance at their first breath, every other right, every other policy never impacts that that child. And yeah. um, and and same with euthanasia, right? Yeah. I mean, if we don't if we don't appreciate life and have a a, a, a godlike respect for life, um, then we have to, to your point, we have to really answer to God for that. Yeah, uh, that's not a popular thing to say. No, but it is absolutely the yeah. the truth. Um, and listen, all those things fall under if there is no life to begin with social justice and treating uh, no racism and immigration and treating all these none of that would be possible if life at conception not protecting it is is not an issue that 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 has to be um one of our our standards is to protect the unborn protect the ones that cannot speak for themselves and i'm really honestly sick and tired of people saying oh you're not pro-life you're pro-birth no, we're not. Yeah. As Catholics, we we value all of human life. Like I heard this from Bishop Francis, and and that, the other day was on. He's like, from the womb to the tomb, mm-hmm. complete. It's not just pro life. Yeah. It's when people are disabled, when they get older, when they can't take care of themselves, the poor. All that's all human the, life. The death Dignity penalty of life. The death penalty is on, on the ballot, right? All, all those things. So. You know, I'm tired of hearing that. Oh, you're not. You, all you Catholics care about is pro-birth. Listen, as, about, there is no such thing as pro-birth. That doesn't even make any sense. Well, Jeff, listen, I got ten kids. I mean, I could be accused of being pro-birth potentially. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you talk about discernment, especially look right now. It's you talked about social media, you talked about all these things. It's a crazy time in life. Yeah. We've got this election coming. The stakes have never been higher. Yeah. People are in a frenzy. The media, the new social media, people are at each other's throats. It's crazy yes. right now. Yes. And I think when we talk about discernment, when, when I talk about prayer, my prayer life, and asking God for direction, a lot of people are very curious. I know I was. It's almost like they're looking for an instruction manual. Hey, what's the right way to ask God? How do I know he's listening? And how do I know he's spoken to me? I mean, I've got some personal experiences, but as the smart person in the room, you know, what do you what do, what would you say to somebody like that? People always say I always tell them God speaks to me all the time. Mm. I'm not special. I'm a sinner. I'm a jerk. You're garbage. You don't like me. I don't. I'm garbage. <laughs> you know, I'm nothing special. Trust me, I'm not. Like, you just, don't got to convince me. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to know how to listen to God. Yeah. When we go sin adoration, mm. people say, I never hear God. And part of the reason is I tell them because you talk too much. Yeah. You know? What's adoration for people who don't know? So adoration is um, they're all over the United, all over the world, you know, yeah. but here in Michigan, we have a lot of chapels, um, just kind of like little mini chapels where the Eucharist is exposed, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> the real presence, and um, it's exposed in a monstrance, and the monster is put up on the altar. And there's there's a 24-7 adoration. Some chapels have it seven days a week, mm-hmm. 24 hours a day. Uh, some chapels, a few days a week. But, you know, it's a place where you go in the presence of the Lord. The true presence. Oh, feet within feet of Jesus so himself. It's so peaceful. Like, yeah. these past three, four months during the pandemic, I'm, yeah. I'm really lost. Yeah. And, yes, I can, yes, I pray to God, and I go to church on Sundays, and I do. But just I miss that one-on-one time 
with Jesus in the chapel. You I used really to go every day it. before work, right? I used to go every day yeah. at the the chapel. I used to go to the Shrine Little Flower on mm-hmm. 12 and Woodward. Yeah, I used to go to that one too. Yeah, and you know what? I'm so glad I never ran into you there, but you know, you <laughs> ruined my holy hour. Anyways, so I would go at 5 o'clock. I have to be to work at 6.30. I'd go spend an hour, you know, and it's only down the street from work. Yeah. I tell you, there was days where... You know, I'm just I'm late to work because yeah. I don't want to leave his presence. It's amazing. I got so much to say to him, and honestly, Pilar, he's got so much to say to me. And you don't know, waste your time doing all the talking. Oh no! So but, you got to listen, right? So you ask, you ask for guidance, and then you you yes. ask for that direction, and then you listen. You listen. Sometimes it could be silence. Yeah. You know, um, almost all the saints say the most heart, the most highest and hardest form of prayer is silence mm. silence is a form of prayer like just s- sit there and i know in your house it's impossible it's kind of loud silence <laughs> for just a few minutes right let alone an hour yeah it, it requires and, a lot of uh yeah night oh group. man and yeah i love them i love them they're like my they're like my kids i love them to death yeah, my house is too quiet i wish i had some of them in my house man. <laughs> you know but um listening to god in silence is very difficult mm. and it's actually it becomes after a while it becomes an art to be silent in the presence of God. Sometimes God will speak to you through scripture, mm. you know, open up scripture. Usually if you're in adoration, you're at home, you're praying, you're struggling with something, you pick up scripture, you open it up, I guarantee you 99% of the time, that page you open it to, God's speaking to well, you. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've heard once before that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, and scriptures is voice. Yes. Right. Scripture's yeah. got a scripture's got a way of speaking to you loudly, and it's, I've had many experiences in adoration, picking up scripture, and it's been amazing getting the answers of my, you know, in and look, it's it's everyone's got doubts that creep into their head. The devil works in crazy ways, but I swear, there's been so many times where I've there's you you open up scripture and it's like I asked for this prayer and you literally answered it in the verse I'm staring at right now. God, you are so real. Thank you so much for showing yourself yeah. to me this way. And we talk when we talk about discernment and prayer and asking for that direction. I uh, Father Larry Richard said it best. He actually changed the way I do this. Is he said when you receive uh, kind of a message, you feel like God's telling you something, and you're not sure is this from God? Am I making this up in my head? Yeah. He said you'll know it's from God if you're at peace. Yeah. I have prayed for things, Jeff, where I have asked God. I knew going in what I wanted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Hey, God, you know, this thing coming up, that's going to be too difficult. I need you to tell me if I should do it, but wink, wink, nod, nod, tell me not to do it. Yeah. And I'm trying to convince God I want the outcome to be one thing. And I feel like I'm if I'm trying to convince myself God's telling me that, I'm anxious. Yeah. I'm stressed. I'm nervous. Sure. It's not at peace. And then when I when I hear God tell me what he's really trying to tell me, even if it's not what I want, even if it should make me nervous, I'm actually at peace. Yeah. And that's where you, you know, I have to leave that chapel and take a leap of faith and say, God, I trust you. I am rationally against what you're trying to get me to do, but I'm going to throw myself in your arms and let you take me there. Yeah. And every time I've done that, it turns out well. Yeah. And every time I fight it, I regret it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's so true. I mean, so many times you go into the chapel and say, Lord, you know, what, what's your will for me? You yeah. know, what, what is your will for me? I don't know, you know. And a lot of times, what God's will is for you is totally the opposite of what your will is for you. Yeah, you know. And when, and when those two wills oppose each other, you're combating God. You're gonna lose. Yeah. But when your will is compatible with the will of God, it's peace and harmony. It doesn't even matter what it is. It could be a huge obstacle for you. But like you said, it's your will compatible with His will. 
and um, you're, you're always at peace. You know, no, it's, it's amazing. And we live in a world where the devil is trying to push us away from God at all times, right? This is his mo. This is what he wants more than anything. He hates God. He can't do anything to God. What does he can? What can he do? He can hurt us, who God loves. So this is where he takes his aim. And so we're constantly up against the devil trying to separate us from God. Yeah. And so our will, what we think to be our will, our plan, um, if it's not in line with like you're saying, if it's not in line with God, we're going to be in a pretty bad place yeah. because you're entering that place where the, God, where the devil wants you to go. And you're not going to know, I don't care what you do, you're not going to know the will of God unless we go back to prayer mm. and discernment. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes prayer is not enough. When you're done with the prayer, you have to discern it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Lord, okay, I, I prayed about it and, you know, is this the right path? Isn't this the right path? That's discernment. Some when when the young these young seminarians enter the seminary, some of them are discerning for two three years. You know, if I, you know sometimes hey I want to be a priest. You know, can't wait to enter. You know, a spiritual director or who's ever in charge of of vocation say, listen, you're not ready yet. It's frustrating. Mm. You come next year. Hey, sorry, you got to apply again. Year after, I've known some seminarians that three four years. Wow. But you know, thanks be to God. They enter, they become priests. It was a long journey, well, but that's the process. You also you see know? many many priests enter seminary and after two or three years leave. leave. They discern, they realize this exactly. isn't my calling. Yes, yes. So important. That's what so discernment important. is. And it's, discernment should be, really should be part of our life. Mm. I mean, whether it's a job, you know, uh, who the person you want to marry, how many children you're going to have, where you're going to live. These all require discernment. Well, and to the uh, to the topic of today, that, that discernment really will help drive choices in your life. But those choices are really driving your moral compass, your moral yeah. composition, yeah. right? And so, you know, I know that, you know, some things are clear. There are things that are clear, right? I'm like I said, unapologetically pro life. That's a very yeah. clear issue for me. I don't need to pray about that. I know that. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, right? Maybe you're somebody right now looking at this election cycle and wondering, is that as important as not? Discernment. Go yeah. to go to prayer yeah. to it, yeah. right? Like you said earlier, people are asking you, Jeff, how should I vote? Yeah, and you're telling them go to prayer. Amen. Amen. Go, go to, to prayer. prayer. You know, mm-hmm. it, we have a as Catholics, you know, as lay people, we have a moral obligation to teach the truth. Absolutely. Whether and and, and honestly, I have a lot of good friends that have called me and text me and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And I tell them all. I tell them is the truths of the church. I don't give them my opinion, what you do, yes. you know, whatever. Truths of the church, prayer, discernment, and make a moral, conscious decision. And if you can live with that decision, look, the, any decision you make, especially when it comes now during election year or during voting or whatever, remember this. At the end of your life, mm. that decision, if, if God can take it and judge you and say, good job. Well done, my faithful servant. The kingdom of heaven is open for you. Make that decision. Yeah. Make it. But if think about this. If at the end of your life, that decision that you're making, just the one decision, whether it's on voting, whatever it is, the Lord will come to you and say, depart from me, you evildoer. I, didn't, I have no clue who you are. Yeah. The gates of hell are open for you. And, and, and the gates of hell are wide, right? Yeah. The gates of hell are wide and the path of salvation is narrow. And look, the, what we talk about on this podcast, you know, obviously isn't is getting less and less popular. Yeah. Right? In, in this world. We talk about social media. 
We talked about cancel culture on one of these podcasts. We talk about the fear that the devil drives. You know, there have been topics you and I have talked about. We should talk about this. And we are real timid to. Yeah. Because we're, you know, I think the devil puts those seeds of doubt in our minds. Because, hey, we could come out here and influence people with the truth. But I think one of the things I love about you, like maybe the only thing, because the rest of you is really disgusting. I'm glad there's one thing. Is just that you will speak the truth no matter what. You will speak the truth no matter what. And And trust me, I've been persecuted. I've seen it happen. Uh, last week I was called a um, I was called a sheep in wolf's clothing. Wow! Yeah, on on, on social media called wow. me out, and you know what? And it bothered me for a minute. Yeah, I'm like you know what? Whatever, man. Can we talk I preach about the truth. Social media for a second. There's so much hatred. It's social media. There's it, so much hatred the, on social media. People hate each whichever, other. Whichever whichever one of the devil's you know generals. Whichever one of his demon generals came up with this idea, oh. that 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 must have made the devil so happy. The ability to tear apart the fabric of a culture, the fa- I mean, best friends who hate each other now, yeah. moms and daughters who don't talk to each other yeah. anymore, people who used to just be on the same page. You could disagree on things, yeah. but you didn't hate each other. Not anymore. Communi- um, lay people hating Our the clergy. Lay people hating yeah. the bishops. Lay people, I mean, just demonizing the Pope Francis, yeah. you know? So many things taken out of context. out of context, grabbing one line from a from an article. Look what Pope Francis yeah. said. Look what Bishop so and so said. Look what you know. Come on, man. If this I is say not some, the right way to do it. If I say something on this podcast in life, you know, I don't have social media because I really do think it's a tool of the devil. I think it's a bad thing. But if I say something and you don't like it, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Come on. I got lots of good beer at my house. Nice yeah. bourbon. I don't, yeah. I don't. You know, you're the hookah guy, but I got some yeah. cigars. We'll have a good conversation. I'll give you my point. I'll listen to your point and I'll respect you as as a child of God. I'll yeah. love you for it. But what happens on social media crazy. is I see something I don't like, I get all upset, I take 20 minutes to research an argument, I post it on your page, I refresh every 15 seconds to mm-hmm. see what you're going to say. Yeah. If you don't say something, I say another thing to yeah. get you riled up. And then you throw the Russian and Chinese bots into it. Yeah. You got yourself a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what's happened to our country. Yeah. I, I, I am a, I'm a libertarian guy. I'm all about you know letting the free market take care of things. But this is an issue where I think if you had some regulation, it would do our world yeah. a lot of good. I've had so many friends tell me, you know what, I, I was so obsessed with Facebook. Yeah. They're like, I was checking. They're like, I, I just stopped. No. It, it, it took over their life. Yesterday, a dear friend of mine, somebody had posted something, and then you know she was, uh, she texted me later in the day. She's like, you know what? I can't do this. I don't agree with what people are saying, but I can't keep checking social media every half an hour. It's ruining my Sunday. It's, it's so negative. All you hear on there is your brainwash. No, your brainwash. Like it's very easy to say somebody's brainwash. Yeah. It's very hard to sit down with somebody and say, why do you believe the way you think? Yeah. Oh, and you'd be amazed. I've had, I've had conversations with. With us men, us, you know, our, of our group of friends who we sh- were there to sharpen each other, where I am staunchly opposed to a topic, and then you have a conversation with a guy, and you're like, "Okay, you're making some good points. Yeah. I don't agree with you, but at least I understand where you're coming from, yeah. and I don't think you're, you know, a brainwashed sheep, right? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we don't give each other that respect. Look, before social media, people had a lot more respect for each other because if you disagreed with somebody, call them up. You had to call and talk yeah, to them. Yeah, you had to call them. You had to talk to them. Now. Yeah. You know, and if you bumped it in somebody's cart at the grocery store, yeah. you know what you didn't do? You didn't cuss them out for yeah. 25 minutes and six paragraphs. Yeah. But now I can sit behind a computer yeah. and I can, I can go after you hard. You never have to really see me. Yeah. It's it's a mess, man. But I think really the devil, I think, I think, 
I, I once I again I saw I talked about this earlier when I saw the world through the eyes of spiritual warfare. Yeah. I really saw social media what it is. Diablo, the divider. Yeah. That is a tool in its belt and he's using it. So it really we're is. up on time. You're super boring and long winded. Our our guys here want to get off the show. What uh what anything final words on this topic? You're gonna read from six paragraphs from the catechism you just for everybody super again. Boring. What do you what do you, you are say, just you I'm know. just waiting for you to read six more lines of scripture. <laughs> Nothing? Okay. All right. Well, listen, uh, please go on our um our podcast or Download our podcast, subscribe to our podcast, like us, share us, tell your friends, you know, tell 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 your friends of every religion and ethnicity and whatever. We need to be listeners to this thing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting the word out. And um do we have, we have do we have an email? Uh Genesis four nine men's group at gmail.com. Yeah. If you have any any uh you know, any concerns or any topics you want to hear about or you know, Something you don't like about Pilar, just throw it on Small the email. List. If you want to come and, on the yeah, show, if you want to come on the show, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah. You know, we need some lay people on the show, and and um, you know, I think it'd be great. So yeah, please um, subscribe to our podcast and tell people about it. And um, hopefully, pretty soon we might be start, we might be doing some more live things on Facebook. And yeah, you're gonna have to get YouTube, maybe get prettier. a YouTube channel, and you know, we're trying to look for some sponsors and people to support us. So. If you feel the calling to support us, uh, please reach out to me and Pilar. We'd be more than happy to sit and talk with any one of our fellow listeners. Yeah, if we're going to go Facebook Live, though, you're going to have to grow some hair or something. You're disgusting. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. We are wrapping up the show here. Don't never forget. <laughs> and uh, never forget, right? You are your, your brother's, brother's keeper. keeper. Amen. All right, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and our programs, visit us at ecrc.us.